Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Monday, the 17th of September. Coming up in today's show, I have a great interview with Robert Craven, who is an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur actually, and author of a new book on marketing, a very practical guide called uh, Bright Marketing, Why Should People Bother to Buy From You? Um, It's a good interview, lots of really practical, interesting tips for small businesses and startups on how to better market their business. So stay tuned for that. I've also got the usual roundup of comments and news and bits and pieces uh, in relation to Small Biz Pod coming up after the interview on marketing with Robert Craven. Now, as uh, the more astute of you may have noticed, Sage is the new sponsor of Small Biz Pod, which I'm really, really delighted about. Um, Sage, as many of you will know, is a leading supplier of business management software and services. I'm sure uh, lots of you out there will... Uh, use various of their uh, perhaps their accounting software packages and other other software packages. They supply software and services now. I think to over seven hundred thousand small businesses in the UK alone. So, chances are many of you listeners out there will have heard of them. Um, a reason I'm one of the reasons that I'm really glad that they're sponsoring is that they, like Small Biz Pod, are very very much focused on listening to. Uh, in their case, in their, to their customers um, and their customers and the feedback they receive very much shapes the way they develop and evolve their own products and services. And as I always say, Small Biz Pod is very much a listener-driven show. If you've got an idea or a thought or a comment, either on this sponsorship or on a topic for the show, do send it in. It really does make a difference. So whether you're a startup, a small business or a growing business, larger organization, um, Sage is sort of in the business of making it easier for your company to manage its finances, people, customers, suppliers, and uh, with a bit of luck, future business success as well. So do check Sage out. Uh, click on the link on the homepage of smallbizpod.co.uk and see what they've got to offer. But now let's uh, go straight into that interview with Robert Craven. Okay, well, uh, marketing is uh, a perennial a perennial topic and one that's always of interest to, to startups, pre-startups, people in business already. Um, and there seems to be a never-ending supply of, of tips and advice and experts and gurus. Um, but today I'm very happy to uh, have on Small Biz Pod somebody who the... Uh, I think the FT, the Financial Times, uh, once called uh, the the entrepreneurship guru, um, and his name is Robert Craven, um, who uh, runs a company which specialises in providing uh, marketing advice, in particular to uh, businesses of all sizes. Robert, uh, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Thank you very much. Uh, wonderful to be here. So, Robert, I mean, obviously, there are, you, you know, the title of your, of your uh, new book is Bright Marketing, Why Should People Bother to Buy from You? Um, there's an awful lot of marketing advice out there. There's an awful lot of people who position themselves as marketing gurus. Why should uh, small businesses buy from you, as it were? Why should they read your book? What have you got to say that's different and useful? That's a brilliant question. And in some senses, I'm not saying anything new. What I'm saying more than anything else is take action. But what I'm also saying is uh, in a uh, free of business school nonsense, straightforward, practical, hands-on approach, 
um, this is what you need to do to sell more stuff. Yeah. And uh, what we did was we uh, spoke to roughly 15,000 people and we said to them, what is it you want to know about marketing? What is it you want to know how to do? Uh, literally 15,000 people. Yeah. And uh, they, they told us what they wanted to know. There's six or seven questions they came up with. And we said, right, those are the questions you want to know the answer to. Here are the answers. So if marketing is about, you know, what does the customer want? Mm. Uh, most marketers, most marketing books uh, spout on on what the author thinks people want to know about. But in this instance, we've actually asked people what they wanted to know about. They've come back to us to tell us what they want to know about, and we've given it to them. Yeah. So it's a marketing book with a marketing twist, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, it is, you, <laughs> yes, it's, it's marketing that's driven, driven the writing of the book. So you're writing the book for, 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 for what you know readers are after rather than for what you think readers are after, which kind of um, fits in with, a, with, a, with a, th- a theme within the book, which is that very often um, small businesses, entrepreneurs, big businesses even, kind of fall in love with themselves. And, and it's an understandable, it's a kind of an understandable fault in that, you know, entrepreneurs have a really hard time uh, setting up businesses and have to continually persuade themselves that they're, they're right and they're on the right track and ignore, ignore um, the naysayers. But uh, it is tempting or, or uh, there is a trap that you end up falling into whereby you're not actually listening to your to your customers is uh, what, what have you found uh, uh, small businesses issues are around around being really customer focused I mean why why is why is being focused on customers so hard uh, I think focus on customers is so hard I guess because uh, most of us most of us go into business because we have this brilliant idea this entrepreneurial seizure Michael Michael Gerber talked about it yeah and it's this oh my god I have got to do whatever it is. I've got to run a cafe. I've got to run a consultancy. I've got to be an architect. Um, and from this passion and drive that people have, off they go and they become one and they become the best at doing it. And they, they just forget about the customer. They forget about the customer almost straight off. They forget who the customer is, what the customer really wants. They forget about um, what the customer will have after you've left, you know, they because they become so preoccupied. So what happens is that they 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 fixate on on making the best widget because they're in in love with making widgets. Yeah. <laughs> if they get the reason that people have the widget is because they've got a problem in the garden or a problem with the door or they want to get from A to B. Yeah. And um, it's just becoming operational, becoming focused on 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 the running of the business, and it's really easy to see how it happens. Uh, but if you think about the really great businesses, the really great businesses are 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 really focused on what the customer wants, what the customer needs. And uh, I guess for small businesses, the problem is that if you're not getting enough customers, you go out of business. Mm, so mm. absolutely crucial, you're thinking about what the customer wants, not what you want, giving the customer what they want. Uh, so they tell people about you, so they come back and they buy more. Yeah. And in terms of kind of measuring where you are, as it were, um, you, you outlined something which I'd not seen before. It's, it's fairly, fairly, fairly basic, but it's this, the, f, f, what you call the, the FEMO. Uh, yeah, FEMO. Well, it's, it's the old thing. If you, if you went to a, a public school, you'd call it FIMO, but you can call it FEMO. Okay. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. You can tell I'm a grammar school boy then. <laughs> yeah, no, FEMO, FEMO, FIMO. I mean, it stands for finance, uh, marketing, and, and operations. And yeah. actually, in, in, in the workshops, 
uh, I actually juggle with three balls and, and, and say how, you know, we, we focus on, we try and focus on three balls. And if you try and focus on three, inevitably you drop one. <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is you, you've got to keep them all in the air. Yeah. And it's really, really hard. The other interesting thing about the, 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 the finance marketing operations is that financial performance, you know, not, not, not how thick your, uh, accounts are, but straightforward yeah. financial performance. Turnover, profit, money you're taking out of the business yeah. is a direct consequence of how good you are at marketing and how good you are at operations. Marketing is about getting customers to buy from you. Yeah. Operations is about providing the product or the service in a legendary way. Most of us are really good at operations. Most yeah. of us are really good at but we're not that great at marketing. Mm. Um, one of the things that we found from our, from our research is, is that for most businesses, if you ask them to give you a a score out of 10, where 10 is a high score, 0 is a low score. So it's got a 10 for marketing performance. It's got a 10 for marketing performance. You know, how good you are at marketing. Yeah. Not how pretty your marketing is. And score how good you are at doing what you do with the operations. Yeah. Most businesses, the financial score is an average of the marketing operations. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is for tons and tons and tons and tons of small businesses, they'll give themselves a score for finance of maybe 4 or four or five, in other words, it's kind of okay, they've got a car, they go on hold, it's not brilliant. Yeah. They'll give them the score, themselves a score for operations, you know, how good they are doing what they do, maybe eight or nine, you know, I've got qualifications, I'm great at what I do, yeah, I know yeah. what I'm doing, we make a great widget, lovely cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to marketing, they only score themselves two or three. Yeah. And it's like they, they, they're more interested in making their product, they're more interested in doing the product than getting out there and selling it. Now, isn't that because, uh, I mean, we, we've, this is a theme that's been touched on frequently over the last couple of years in Small Biz Pod, but isn't that because, uh, A, selling is is actually perceived by by many people as hard and is and is something that they haven't had much experience in prior to actually setting up their business, in, in many cases? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And okay, no, I'm glad we confirmed that. Yeah. Yeah, we do these workshops with 100, 150 people, and and yeah. and, and I say, hands up, you know, hands up, those of you who, uh, you know, when you went to see the careers teacher when you were 12, uh, and the career teacher said, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" You know, hands up, those of you in the room who mm. said, "When I grow up, I want to be a salesman," and yeah. it's always my hand that goes up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just about none of us, because yeah. you know, selling is a dirty word. We don't like to sell. People should know how great our products are and come and find us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It reminds me actually thinking about it. It's just only just occurred to me, but the only at at, at my school, the only mention of salesman was death of a salesman the the, yep. the arthur miller play which was you know yep. paint as you say is a very very negative negative picture and if it's, and if it's not like you've, you've got someone off east enders or someone off coronation yeah. street yeah, yeah. normally pretty pretty negative or you've got um you know trotter enterprises yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, normally yeah. not it's normally not very glorious the, the approach you have to selling and yeah i think it's it's really exciting because you're and, and in fact, you, you're almost obliged to sell because if you've got a product, so your product or service must solve someone's problem. By definition, mm. uh, people only buy your product or your service if they've got some sort of problem or some sort of hurt. So you've got a, a product or a service which will sort out people's hurt. Uh, you should, you're, you're almost obliged to give it to them, to show it to them. Yeah. You know, how, how can you not let them know you've got a, you know, if you're, 
a business consultant and you can and you meet somebody who's got a problem with their business, you know, and you know how to solve the problem, uh, you know, you're almost obliged to say, look, I know what the problem is. If you're an accountant, you know, somebody's paying too much tax. So I don't, I don't, I find it difficult to see the problem in some sense. Yeah. About why people are so nervous, I, th- I guess. Yeah. But I guess people are nervous about people saying no to Yes. Them. Yeah. I mean, in essence, though, the, the, the weird thing about it is, of course, that the, one of the most exhilarating things about running your own business or being an entrepreneur is making the sale. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. That's, that's where the excitement is, when you actually yeah. get customers yeah. and income and things start growing. So I, I think people probably get over quite quickly that, that, that kind of diffidence. Well, I think maybe it's to do with, to do with the size and the type of the business and i think if yeah. you're very much a, a lifestyle business you know so you you set up in business because you wanted the lifestyle in other words uh you'll be running it you want to employ a few people you don't want too much pressure but you really like what you do so yeah you, you, yeah. you you're, you really like um making jewelry or you really like being an osteopath or you really like um putting in telephone networks or whatever it is mm. then that's then you can understand there's a reticence and nervousness about about selling because it's um, it's a lifestyle. It's, it, and, and then you've got the more I use the word more professional small business where they're actually trying to grow the business. They're trying to turn the business yeah. into something. They're trying to get it to the next level. And those people tend to have um, tend to take the business more seriously. They tend to look more carefully at themselves. They invest more money and time. That's not to say, and that's not to be rude to the smaller business, um, because it's just different people doing different things. Mm, mm. Now, I mean, the other the other issue with marketing, um, uh, if well, there's a there's a kind of perception about marketing, which may or may not be true, that it's actually bloody expensive, <laughs> and that Absolutely for that false. that for many people means that they feel that they probably actually can't afford to do all sorts of marketing that they might otherwise yeah well i think I, that's that's absolutely wrong we did we did some did some research we spoke to um just under 250 businesses twice we talked to them in about 2001 and we went back in uh, earlier this year yeah and we said to them if there's only one way you could sell what would it be mm. and um it's a little bit of a loaded question because you're not saying what marketing works, but if you said, if there's only one way that you could sell, what would it be? Yeah. And, and, and the really interesting thing is, you know, we have all this pressure on us, for, you know, adverts and exhibitions and marketing and PR and all that. Mm. Well, 47% of the people, roughly half of them said, if there's only one way I could sell, it'd be face to face selling. It'd look you in the eye. Yeah. Uh, what's the problem? Will this sort it out? Here's the price. Boom. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Uh, just under a third of the people said, if there's only one way they could sell it, it would be customer recommendations. Mm-hmm. And about 7% of them said networking. They're going to BNI, BRE, NRG, yeah. whatever, the chamber, yeah. and, and, and doing their sort of eating lukewarm bacon butters in <laughs> Now, so those are the top three. Now, the top three are, as opposed to the rest, and the rest just pale into insignificance, and they're advertising, telesales, public relations, the internet, exhibitions, direct marketing, sales letters, email. Now, the really interesting thing is that the rest, which clearly aren't the number ones for most people, that clearly don't work, 
are the things that you're flogged at all the time yeah. advertising telehealth PR endlessly people phoning you up saying have an advert have a better website come to our exhibition mm. and yet these people said that the things that did work for them were face to face selling and customer recommendations and networking which cost just about nothing to do yeah. one yeah. and secondly there are no real industries out there trying to flog it mm. so so it's it's no wonder we have this skewed view of what marketing's about because we've flogged all this stuff which intuitively we know doesn't don't what doesn't work mm, mm. and yet the stuff that does work we hear very little about but we kind of know that if I could only get out and meet people if people would only you know spread I used to run a restaurant a whole thing was grown using word of mouth yeah yeah recommendations. yeah yeah, yeah. I, we used to do outside catering at pop festivals the whole thing's based on word of mouth recommendations. We do consulting now. The whole thing's based on face to face selling, as you talk to people, yeah. and word of mouth recommendations, yeah. customer recommendations. Isn't it's almost a, blindingly obvious that people seem to have, have, have not have been hidden from that fact. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there an issue though around reach? It doesn't it take a very long time to rapidly grow a business that way? Yeah, I think it. I think it does. It does take longer, and there's certainly a relationship between between time and money. Yeah. And the things that I'm talking about are expensive in terms of time, but when you're a small business, you you've got some time. Yeah. But they're very very cheap in terms of money. Yeah. Uh, whereas the stuff on the other side of the graph is uh, far more expensive, but, but but takes less time. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's. I think that's. That's right. But I think the other thing you need to build into the equation that, that people don't do is, um, as you grow your business, to get a feel of how much it costs you to, to win one new customer. And although it sounds very, you know, very fancy thing to kind of figure out, it's not. It's mm. how much time and how much money have you spent over the last year trying to win new customers. Yeah. And then how many customers did you win in that period of time? Yeah, yeah. And suddenly you've got an equation, uh, a value for how much it costs you to win your customer. And, and you, you can, should always be looking for ways that are cheaper and more effective yeah. to win customers. Yeah, so you've then got a, you've then got a, a costs, you've then got a sort of measurement, a measurement of cost yeah. uh, that you can, you can tinker with to, to reduce. So you, you Absolutely. improve the profitability. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Now, um, one of the one of the other themes that I know you've you've talked about, and um, which um, uh, uh, is a common theme. I mean, Seth Godin's um, Purple Cow, which I've mentioned previously, mm. um, is uh, a very well known and well read book. Um, and it and um, uh, and you touch upon the theme of really basically making yourself stand out, making your business stand out from the competition, yeah. being the best. Yeah, um, which is probably. Um, easier said than done for many <laughs> businesses. But um, how do you? Uh, what advice do you give to people about achieving that? Because if every business, if there was a simple way of doing it, then then we'd all be at, a, at the same level of best, wouldn't we? In competitive um, markets, <laughs> or do you um, have to find? Do you have to find a, your your own your own niche? Mm, okay, great question. I, mean, I think the first thing is we we live in this world of mediocrity and similarity, yeah. uh, which just drives me bonkers. And, and by similarity, I mean, we are competitors. 
are employing similar people with similar qualifications. They're giving them similar wage packets in order to use similar software and similar hardware to sell similar products to similar people at similar prices. It's all the same. Your competitors yeah. all look identical to you. I can tell you right now, you know, that most of uh, most of the people uh, listening. Their, their, all their competitive websites are identical. Their websites will say, we were set up in blah, blah year. We've got lots of happy customers. Mm. We offer value for money service. We've got well-qualified people. Yeah. Here's a list of our... And everyone's websites are identical. And if they're identical, then why should people bother to buy from you? So the issue is about how can you make yourself different. So if it's a website, the website should have, I don't know, a money-back guarantee, the first in the West. Mm. The only ones with, with this available, the new technology, um, or, or or you should be controversial. So where everyone else is charging 10p a hit, you should be charging 10 pounds a hit. Yeah. Or you should be uh, going back to the old days, pen and ink. Or you should, but whatever it is, it's it's about uh, uh, not just looking different with a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. And people yeah. get confused about that. Yeah. But actually actually offering something to people that actually people want. And I think too often we think that it's the the safe route is by is by being the same as everyone else. We look at our competitors and we say if we're the same as them, then we'll be safe. But you won't. They won't see you. People won't notice you. It's kind yeah. of like the, the analogy I use is of the of the zebra. If 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 you're a zebra and you're in the herd, it's safe in the herd. But nobody sees you. The, the mm. zebra that gets noticed is the one that, that moves away from the herd. Now, in business terms, if you're the one that gets noticed, you're the one that gets remembered, and yeah. you're the one that people buy from. Yeah. But my but my fear is is this is we just get um, covered with surrounded by mediocrity. Yeah. And as a as a customer. Uh, I don't think we want mediocrity all the time. We want more than just mediocrity. Mm, mm. So whether that's uh, brighter, lighter, faster, smarter, higher, lower, cheaper, faster, higher tech, lower tech. In the case of my local pub, Ruder, whatever it <laughs> is, there's, there's, there's something there's something that you remember about them. Yeah. Well, there's that famous <laughs> Chinese restaurant, isn't there, in in Soho in London, where they are deliberately rude to all their guests and, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, attracts yeah, 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 yeah. stag know, parties yeah. and God knows what. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and that's fine. But I think it's just, you know, and and it, as you look around yourself, you you, you find that you're you're drawn to, or you go back to those those businesses that that, that that don't just do the same as everyone else. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be remarkable. I mean, okay, innocent drinks, I think, is remarkable as a as a innocent in terms of how they do juices, and how they present it, how they show it to you, mm. and it's memorable. Um, the Sea View Hotel on the Isle of Wight, I think, is a remarkable hotel. I remember it. I tell people about it. Yeah. Uh, friends of ours, very close friends. Um, we had to, I had to use a funeral director for him. A lovely guy who is totally different from any funeral director on all terms of funeral director. And I think the people who sort of make the effort. Yeah. Um, and it's normally about going the extra mile. It's normally about listening better. It's normally about giving the customer a better uh, experience. Mm. Uh, are the ones are the ones that, that get remembered? So I mean, just in, in practical terms, I mean, presumably you've applied this these same principles to your own business, and uh, and as yeah. I, I kind of touched upon, um, and as I'm sure you're well aware, there's an awful lot of people. It's, it's a very competitive market. Uh, there's yeah. an awful lot of people in the 
in this kind of uh, marketing advice business. And yeah. I, one would suspect, certainly my experience, is that there's also an awful lot of mediocrity. How, yeah. what, what practical things did you do when setting up your business to, to make you, yourself or, or your organization stand out? Well, what we did is we, we, we took a step back and said, okay, so what's, what's go- what do most consultants do? And most consultants are MBAs and they're consultants or they're ex-bankers and they're theoretical and they wear the suits and they... They, they, they drone on and we said okay well we're not going to do we're not going to do any of that we don't do the suit bit for a kick off because, yeah. because that separates and we don't do the high theory bit uh, what we do is we do practical hands on free of business school nonsense straightforward helping people mm, mm. Uh, what we also did is the way in which we set ourselves up is um, we said we don't want consultants we want people who've been there and done it so all the people who work uh, the director centre. We've all run our own businesses. We've grown our own businesses. Some of yeah. us have lost businesses and then and then won later on. Yeah. Um, we've all been there and done it. So we've taken on this approach of, you know, if you want clever clogs theory, if you want if you want the suits, then go elsewhere. But if you want practical hands-on stuff, mm, mm. come to us. We've mm. we've taken the approach of, um, you know, an entrepreneur will only listen to another entrepreneur. So therefore, we only have people who work for us who've you know, been involved and run, yeah. grown their own businesses. Yeah. And, yeah. and then there's lots of other things that we do, which, but if, this isn't about an ad- ad- no, ad- no, 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 but it's, it's always just, just, about, just it's about interesting how do you, from a practical how do you separate standpoint. yourself out yeah. from the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Um, I think you've, you've, you've got to see the whole thing through the customer's eyes. I think the other interesting thing is you don't have to take on the whole marketplace. Yeah. You only need to appeal to the people that you want to appeal to. And and so you you can start saying, okay, we want to appeal to, so for instance, in, in, in my business, we particularly appeal to businesses like 1 to 25 million turnover. They have certain characteristics, you know, they, they read certain magazines, they have certain age, age profile. And um, the more we talk their language, the more they talk our language, the closer we are to them, the easier it becomes. Mm. And it's, I think it's also this thing about if you try and sell everything to all people, uh, you, you, it's really difficult. But the more you, you specialize, the more you niche, yeah. the more you, you, you become an expert in a particular field, the more you get recognized for your expertise, the more you specialize, the more you get familiar. And there's a kind of a, a, a really virtuous cycle um, kicks in yeah. about... Yeah. Um, you know, you know what you're talking about. You've written about it. You talk about it. Uh, you can prove you've done it. You've got the testimonials, so the clients feel more comfortable. And um, it goes from um, trying to sell. Yeah. And the same thing applied when I ran the restaurant. The same thing applied with my training company. Um, but it's a characteristic of a good business, rather than to do with me. But when you Rather than you endlessly trying to sell just to people, yeah. to push stuff down their throats, they start coming towards you. You start attracting them. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And um, so it's it's it's, 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 it's the, the the science of customer pull. 
Yeah. There's a there's a quite interesting um, section. Uh, well, one of one of one of many of those sort of practical uh, elements within within your book, which is where you focus on sort of strangers, lovers, and or strangers, friends, lovers, but invert right. the invert the the pyramid. Normally, uh, I can't remember exactly. I something like sixty. Most marketers spend sixty percent of their time trying to attract strangers rather yeah. than. Uh, influence friends to buy and retain lovers, as it were. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, you, in many respects, what you're just saying there is almost it, it, it links in quite nicely to that sort of upside down approach to marketing, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, the, 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 the strangers, friends, and lovers thing is, is, is really about most of us spend far too much time trying to get strangers to buy from us. They don't know who we are. They've never seen us before. They've yeah. never met us before. You get very little chance selling to strangers. Uh, friends, you know, people who've seen you once or twice, you've got a much better chance of selling to them because they've got a rough idea who you are. Yeah. And then, of course, lovers, your existing customers, you know, they're quite easy to sell to because they're already with you. Yeah. Of course, the, you know, if you, the, the, the statistics from that are really interesting. It costs you between 7 and 20 times more to sell to a stranger yeah. than it does to, to a friend or a lover. So why on earth do we do stuff like advertising, you know, to strangers who we don't know, mm. when we've got a group of existing people who know us, who love us, who love our product, isn't it much easier to, to get referrals from them? Isn't it much easier to to sell more to them? Isn't it much easier to work with them to, than to work in this bleak outside world? And I guess, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, one of the reasons that people hate marketing is the fear of people saying no. Mm. Well, a lot more people are going to say no to you if you're talking to strangers than if you're talking to people who know you. Now, let's bring on uh, just quickly onto a, 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 a subject which is, again, links in quite nicely. Aren't you going to upset your friends and lovers when you push the price up? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, why you, not? <laughs> why not? Um, I think any price increase. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you're making reference to the, there's some parts of the book which say if you've got a choice, you put the price up rather than down. Because yeah. Putting the price up will lose you some customers. Uh, but the benefit to the business will far outweigh the uh, losing a few customers. You put your prices down, mm. you've got to work mm. so much harder to make the same amount of profit in that pocket. Um, I think there's actually an argument that says, you know, going on to the strangers, friends and lovers, mm. um, that in, in, in any business you have um, what I refer to as, as the yummy mummies, because it's from my restaurant days, that yeah. people who who adore you and love you, they can't get enough of you, they're not price sensitive, and, um, and they're your, your raving fans. They're yeah. you, they're your ambassadors. And those people are not, tend to not be price sensitive because they're not buying on price. Yeah. At the other end of the spectrum, you've got uh, what I <laughs> uh, euphemistically call the pond life. <laughs> um, I remember. The scum, you know, yeah. who buy on price, they're the ones who complain the most. They're going to move as soon as you put the prices up. Yeah. They don't tell other people about you. They're the ones who complain endlessly. They always want a bit more. Mm. If you put prices up, if you put prices up, the um, the ones who leave are the, are the pond life, the complainers. And mm. that's cool. And they'll mm-hmm. go and find someone mm-hmm. else who gives them the cheapest, cheapest yeah. deal who they can, they can give a hard time to. Yeah. On the other hand, the the... As long as you're giving people outstanding value for money, you're not ripping them off. Yeah. Then they stay with you. And I think there's an issue about 
if people, even if people aren't buying on price, you know, if you're going to increase price, you've got to give a, a better value offering. You can't just say, oh, we're putting the price up by 10%. We'll loosen the last gum when everything's better off. Yeah. yeah. Do. So I think, you know, we're, we're always in the danger of people moving off there. But I think the point about the, the, the pricing is, as small businesses, we cannot compete on price. There's yeah. always a big dog out there who's going to be cheaper than us. There's always going to be a big dog who's got bigger buying power, better sales force, better website, better sales team. You can get the stuff cheaper. And in a, in a price war, uh, you will always lose in the end. Mm, always mm. lose in the end. So you can't compete on price. So what you've got to do is compete on, 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 on um, flexibility, friendliness, localness, high tech best the first the fastest the slowest whatever it is yeah and by competing on that you've you've averted or avoided the pricing i just think that that price is used far too often uh by customers as, a, as an excuse for not buying from you yeah reality, i mean i think uh, in in my personal experience as well it's always um a remarkably pleasant surprise how unnoticed <laughs> i mean not unnoticed i mean this this sounds 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 a bit odd but but how relatively easy it is to um to 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 put your price up as long as you're as long as you're delivering a you know a quality yeah. service yeah. absolutely and I, I think that that's absolutely spot on and uh the, the only issue about putting price up is when you're when you're being excessively greedy yeah 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 now just um to kind of conclude i mean you've 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 robert yourself run as you've you've alluded to you've run you know catering businesses you've run uh training businesses you know you've had real experience of running real businesses um you're not just a sort of theoretical uh a theoretical guy um you probably have made um marketing mistakes in your time as an entrepreneur <laughs> What were the what were the mistakes that you kind of kept on making before you realised you were making them? If you see what I mean, does that make sense as a question? Um, great, great, great. Um, I think in in early days, uh, it is a kind of marketing mistake. I think because it, it's about not understanding who we were. Yeah. Uh, I think in early days in the restaurant. Uh, we were so desperate to have happy customers that we thought that if we gave them more, more food for less mm. price, that customers would be happier. Yeah. And in fact, you know, there's a limit to the amount of food that people can eat. And actually, they, they like to eat three courses, not just the one that you yeah. give them. Yeah. And I think we would, we would like overzealous in trying to please people by giving them far too much food. It didn't do them favors, it didn't yeah. do us favors. Yeah. I think the, the, the biggest kind of marketing or mistake which is related to marketing and growing the business is spending too much time working working in the business. Yeah. Um, getting so preoccupied with the, the detail. Thinking that if I didn't do it, no one else could do it as well as I could. Believing that only I could do all the things in the business. Believing I had to be there 24 hours a day to yeah. do my stuff. So becoming obsessed with working in the business Preclude stops you working on the business, and, mm. and, and the, the really clever bunnies step back, and, and and they work on the business. They look yeah. around, see what's going on. They get other people to to work in the business, um, and I think there are just lots of marketing basics like talk to your customers, 
Yeah. yeah. Do straightforward customer surveys. Um, and it's almost like you know, when people start doing customer focus groups and they start calling in the marketing consultants to talk to their customers, mm. you kind of think, hang on a second, you know, like they're your customers, it's your relationship with them. Yeah. You know, just, just get out there and, and talk to them because you know, nature is brutally honest. Yeah. If you um, release a product and nobody likes it, the reason nobody likes it is because they don't like it. <laughs> yes. um, well, it's a bit like I mean, going think with with the uh, with the kitchen or the restaurant theme in mind. It's 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 the 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 Ramsay's kitchen nightmares for those of mm-hmm. you who those listeners who've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, very often what Gordon Ramsay, this famous chef, does to a failing restaurant is basically take their food or their revised menu out onto the street in their yeah. local town, give it to yeah. people, and say, "Do you like this?" You know, it's yeah. simple as that. And it's and it and it and it really is it really isn't rocket science. I mean, yeah. you just need, and, and I think there is there is a sort of a tendency to be a bit pompous and a bit oh, I've got the most important, wonderful product, and the reason it's not selling is because people don't understand. Well, my first my my view is if you're not selling something, there's one of two reasons: either it's a lousy product, mm. okay, so it could be a lousy product that doesn't do what it says it should do, or you're lousy at marketing, you're not able to sell it. And uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. You just have to decide if you're not selling which one it is and what you're going to do about it. Okay, great advice. Thanks very much, Robert. That's been great. My pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed the conversation with Robert there. And um, I'll put uh, links and details uh, in the show notes if you need more info uh, certainly worth checking out uh, some really really practical and good advice as i hope you'll agree from the interview now uh, rapidly running out of time so i'm going to rush through a few thank yous first of all congratulations to kelvin jones for getting married uh, congratulations mate hope you had a good time hope you had a good honeymoon uh, kelvin for those of you who might have missed it is the a uh, reasonably regular contributor of the Diary of a Wantrepreneur. Um, he occasionally puts in a, a kind of diary entry into Small Biz Pod to, uh, ahead of the launch of his business. Uh, it be interesting to see what that is and when it's launched. And I look forward, Kelvin, to your next, um, your next diary log entry. Um, so uh, on to some other comments. Um, thanks to all those who have uh, signed up to uh, Small Biz Pod's Facebook group. Now very nearly 100 people there, which is really great. Um, some good uh, questions and answers toing and froing. Um, thanks to Matt Johnson in particular, who has just recently ploughed through all 53, 2, 3, I think, of um, uh, episodes of Small Biz Pod. So congratulations, Matt, for doing that. But Matt also comes up with some uh, a proposal for a future show, one that others have uh, also proposed in the past and one which I will definitely take on. Uh, and that is uh, when and how to make the jump from uh, your corporate world or your your employed business or your employed self to uh, uh, self-employed or or starting your own business. Uh, How do you do that? When do you make the leap? Uh, Advice and practical tips. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking at uh, pulling something together on that for you, Matt, and for the others that have asked. And also um, a quick... Heads up, it's the 17th of uh, September today, which I think is supposedly the the uh, deadline for um, a questionnaire that MBA student at Strathclyde Ivy Ho is looking to have filled in. Um, I'll put a link to her online questionnaire 
on entrepreneurship in the show notes. Uh, I'd go ahead and if you've got a moment, just quickly fill it in. It won't take you long to do. Um, she's doing some research for her MBA, as I say. So um, even if it's a, filled in a little bit late, I'm sure uh, those responses would be helpful to her. So it'd be great if you could go and help Ivy out. And... Uh, yeah, that's uh, just about it. Thanks to, uh, as I said, to all of you who've recently joined the Facebook group. Uh, I think that's rapidly becoming a, a, a focus. So uh, if you do fancy joining up, um, you have to sign into Facebook. But uh, after that, it's good fun and plenty of good way of keeping in touch with sort of other friends and uh, beyond Small Biz Pod. So, uh, and also a good uh, business tool, potentially. If you go and check out Facebook or search for Facebook on the Small Biz Pod blog, uh, there's some quite interesting insights, both from me and from David Tebbett on the blog about uh, Facebook from a business perspective. So, uh, yep, do, if you've not already had a look, do check out the Small Biz Pod blog. Uh, all sorts of news uh, and analysis from regular writers and special guest writers also. Uh, it's www.smallbizpod.co.uk forward slash blog. And uh, we'll be this month uh, and October's exciting times because there's going to be lots of sort of new content and also a, a special competition which I'm hoping that one or two or maybe more of you will choose to enter uh, to actually become part of Small Biz Pod in, official, in an official capacity. So more of that uh, in uh, the next show I would think. So uh, it's Quite a long show already today, so I'm going to get straight into the music. Thank you all again for listening. Really, really, really does matter, um, and it's you know it's a delight to hear from you all, uh, or or from some of you anyway. And uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, you can leave, leave me an email at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. You can leave a comment on the blog at www.smallbizpod.co.uk, or you can. Phone me up or Skype me and simply leave a voicemail and I'll play that on the show. Audio comments, always welcome. Right, to the music. And this week's, or this episode's choice is, uh, well, it's called RPG and it is by one of my all-time favourite monotonic artists called Transient. Transient. 